Well, this morning, it is an absolute honor to be able to speak to you. Um, last week, we had Pastor Victor share on 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 6, which says that godliness with contentment is great gain. And what we understood from that message was that for us to find satisfaction in our lives, we can't really pursue everything because it's too much. There's there's too much to go after and it does not satisfy us. But the purpose that we find is found in Christ, in Jesus. So um, that scripture again, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 6. So this morning, we're actually going to continue that thought. But before we get there, let me pray. Father, we're so grateful that we can be here this morning to worship you and to encounter you. Holy Spirit, we just ask that you would have your way in us this morning. God, you would speak. We, we don't need just need you now in this moment. We need you always in everything that we do. But right now, we do ask that you would be with us. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your goodness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Who here loves cooking? Who here hates cooking? Who here hates cooking but out of necessity has to cook? You know, one of the most frustrating things about cooking, at least for me, and this is entirely my fault, I cannot blame a single person, the most frustrating thing is preparing the ingredients before you start the recipe. You see, what happens is when you look up a recipe, it will tell you exactly how much you need of each ingredient, right? And so, for example, it will say 500 grams of chicken, it'll say two tablespoons of oil, and and, it has a list of all the amounts that you need. But the one detail that I always miss is the manner or form in which this ingredient is meant to be. What I mean is this. I will look at the recipe. I will take out everything I need. Four cloves of garlic, one onion, one chicken breast, two tablespoons of oil. I'll have all of this ready. I'll be like, yes, it's here the right amount, exactly as the recipe says, and I'll start cooking, right? So what do you do? Super easy things. Get the, get the pan, put it on the fire, turn on the stove. You're waiting, it's getting hot, and it says, now put in the garlic and the onion. So I'm looking at the garlic and the onion, and I realize that it says, next to the words garlic, chopped. <laughs> next to the words onion, sliced. And I'm looking, and it's like, I haven't done that yet. I, I've completely forgotten to prepare this ingredient. And so I'm thinking, because, you know, I just assume I can do anything, that this stove is going to be on fire and it's okay while I chop these things and it will be fine. So I'm looking at the stove. It's starting to smoke. Smoke alarm's going off. It's okay. I'm starting chopping this garlic. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Slicing the onion. Slice, slice, slice. Cutting my fingers. And then I'm like, all right, what I'm going to do is I'm going to put all this straight into the, into the pan. So I get it, put it into the pan. It's too hot. It's burning my fingers. Everything's going crazy. But I'm like, okay, all good. It's going black, but that's fine. And I turn back thinking, what's next? Put in the diced chicken. So I turn to my bench and stare at my perfectly uncut chicken breast. This whole thing that is meant to be diced into one and a half inch cubes. And so I'm getting a knife and I'm like, what is one and a half inches? I do the metric system. And, and it's like, we're trying to figure out how to cut this chicken. This, these onions are shallots now. And it's like, how do I turn 
this recipe and as I'm cutting it, putting it in, and then it says, okay, get the cheese. And I'm like, I didn't grate the cheese. I put raw chicken on the board. I can't grate the cheese. And this thing's getting on fire. And so I'm panicking because I have not prepared my, my ingredients. Has anyone ever been there? I'm a terrible cook, obviously. Now, what happens at the end of this whole thing is after all that effort and all that frustration is you end up with a recipe or a meal that isn't that great because it's burnt, right? And, and, And here's the problem. The problem is that this chaotic recipe has, has caused my meal to become not what I wanted it to be. It was meant to all come together to make this delicious meal, and instead, I've destroyed it because certain parts did not go the way that I wanted it to go. And life can be like this chaotic recipe of your responsibilities, of expectations, of your dreams, of your goals, of things that you want to achieve in life. And you just hope that it would all come together and that life would make sense. You see, there's so much in our lives that we need to get done. And there's so much in our lives that people or even ourselves expect to get done. And there are so many things that we hope will get done. And they all, instead of working together to make this beautiful life that we would call success, or as as Paul writes, great gain, instead of working together, they clash with one another. The thing that you want to do, you can't do because there's something you need to do. The thing that someone expects you to do gets in the way of what you need to do. And, And so everything, we're trying to pull this whole recipe of life together, and it's this chaotic mess. And so nothing feels right. Even if you get one part right, as a whole, everything feels chaotic. See, is it really too much to ask that every single area of our lives is perfect? Come on. Right? If only every... I mean, okay, confession. It's like I'll go through life thinking, if only... Every single little aspect of my life went exactly the way I planned it and wanted to go, then I'd be happy. Right? If nothing wrong ever happened, then this will all make sense. And, and it's like, come on, God, can't you just make every little detail work? I mean, you know, you're God, you can do anything. And, and, and it's like, come on, just make this whole thing perfect. And I think the worst part of this whole situation is that the pressure falls on you because it's your life because you can't ask someone else to fix it because they have their own life to worry about, their own life to fix. And so all the pressure is up to you. Make it better. Fix it. Deal with it. Do whatever it takes to, 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 to make it all better so that you're happy because no one else can do it for you. You've got to handle the expectations. You have to handle the things that you need to handle, the things you're responsible for. You need to handle the dreams and the visions that you want to have for your life. And, and you know, time doesn't get any shorter. And so, so it's like, you know, when I'm 40, and I'm like, oh, my goodness, I'm 40. You, you know, it's like all these things that we want to achieve in our lives, and it all chases you. And it's like this immense, insurmountable pressure. 
And the truth is that this way of life doesn't work. The truth is that when we have this amount of pressure, all of us can get to a point where we just give up. There's no point in trying anymore. I can't, I can't be keeping responsible in these areas of need. I can't live up to these expectations. I can't achieve the dreams that God has for me or that I want for myself. And so when it feels like way too much pressure, we can easily give up. This way of life does not work. So what does Jesus say? Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 and verse 31 and 32 says this. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, in verse 31, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that, that you need them. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them. You know what I love about the scriptures? Jesus actually tells us, okay, rephrase. What Jesus doesn't say is he doesn't say it's not important. He doesn't say neglect all these things. He doesn't say forget about all of these areas of life. You can just live a life of ease and relax and, you know, hakuna matata. It's like, it's like he doesn't say just forget about everything. What he says is that God, your heavenly Father, knows that you need them. These are important areas of your life. You are not, we're not meant to live our life going, well, you know, I'll just neglect everything. No, he knows that you need them. But what he does, he also says is, and he, he, not only does he know that you need them, but he will give them to you, right? And so, so, so we read the scripture and we go, okay, at least Jesus knows that I need them. At least Jesus isn't saying that you can't have anything or that your life will go down the toilet. He's saying, no, 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 you, these are all important. But he says, don't worry. Don't worry. You'll be okay. God knows that you need them, right? He's going to look after you. Now, what happens, at least for me, right? Say hello to my boxes of life. At least for me, what, what, what I do, right, is if one area of my life is going well, Let's say this is my family box. And I just happen to have a great month where my family's doing well. No one's getting sick. Everyone's happy. No tantrums. No late night, middle of the night, wake up to 2 a.m. and not sleeping until 3.30 a.m. and crying. And then you're going, daddy, daddy, right? Let's say we're having this great month and it's all nice and peaceful and we're all enjoying life. Then for me, what I do is I go... God, let nothing change. <laughs> if it gets better, great, but, but, you know, just don't let it get worse, right? Just keep this box perfect, nice, right? But then let's say this is my finance box. Interest rates are going up. I need a new iPad. I want more stuff, and I'm not getting paid enough, and these bills are coming in, and our car's breaking down, and all these things are suddenly happening in life, and it's like, okay, wait. Finances, that doesn't look good, right? This box, great, really full, really, you know, just keep it the way it is. This, this box of finances, I don't know what to do. I'm panicking. I'm worried. And then I think, okay, but the scripture says, Jesus says, he says, your heavenly father knows that you need them. Don't run after them. Pagans do that. You don't need to. Your heavenly father knows. So I go, okay, God, I'm going to pray. I'm going to say, Jesus, 
I need finances. You said you provide. And so we take this a little light of, of you know, prayer and, and worship and reading the scripture and going, God, I believe in you. I'm going to trust in you. And I'm going to put some Jesus into my finances. It's like, yes, come on, Jesus. Finances, I need that, right? Don't amen yet. You'll regret it. You'll see why in a second. <laughs> and so, so I'm looking at this box and I'm thinking, okay, you know what? My finances haven't improved. So I better quote some more scripture. Jesus in Philippians 4.19, you know, your word says that you're going to supply all my needs according to the glory of Christ Jesus. Okay, another scripture. I'm going to quote that over my, my finances. And, and, you know, yes, come on, finances. Let's go, finances. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Right? And, and so maybe the next box is, is I don't know, maybe it's, it's, it's a passion project. Maybe it's a, it's a side hustle. It's a business. It's something that you really want to achieve in life. You're like, Okay, God, you know, you said that you make all things work together for the good of those who are called according to, who love you and are good, uh, called according to your purpose. And we go, yes, I'm going to quote this scripture over my business and the things I love. And, and so we put that into our dreams and our visions and, and, and our passion box. And, and, and so that's my purpose. And so we've got these boxes. And the ones that are doing well, we kind of go, okay, just don't touch, please. No one mess with that box. The ones that aren't doing well, we're going to get some Jesus in there. Right? We, we've got to pray, we've got to, and, and we chuck all this stuff in. Maybe it's the area of relationships, and it's like, okay, you know, you know maybe you're single, it's like, come on, God, I need that right person, and so you're praying about it, you're talking to the right people, and, and, and it's like, come on, get the right person in my DMs, and, and you're trying to do all the right things to try and get this area of your life working. You're giving it to God, you're saying, God, come on, isn't this, isn't this what you promised? Is, isn't, this your, isn't this what your word says, that I can have all this stuff? Isn't this how I get great gain, is that, you know, I put Jesus in the box. I thought Jesus is meant to, to fix things. Yeah, I'm still praying, I'm still reading scripture. Yeah, still on, still, still a bit of God in that box. And so God, aren't you meant to, like, what's going on? Because... What happens when it doesn't happen? What happens when, when you're praying and in the middle of all your prayer and all your scripture, God says to you, no. It's like, wait, wait, wait. Didn't Pastor Sarah just this morning tell me that, that I can't ask for anything and God, you, would, you know, I'm asking for it. What, what do you mean no? You're not allowed to say no, God. You, you have to say yes. That's, that's, you know. Don't worry, I'm not going to pick on Sarah. It'll... And what if God says, no, not now? You're like, what do you mean not now? You're meant to do things quickly, quickly, come on. Or God says, wait. And you're like, what do you mean wait? Well, why do I have to wait? Now, before you kick me out of church, I'm not saying that prayer doesn't work. I'm not saying we shouldn't pray. I'm not saying scripture doesn't work. All of these things are excellent. We need to do them, but I'm going to give you some context, right? Because sometimes things don't go your way even when you put God inside that box. Can we be real here? Sometimes we pray and we seek and we ask and it's like, God, why aren't you doing what I'm asking you to do? I'm not discounting the ability or the power of God. He can and he does and he will do the impossible in your life. So that is not what I'm saying. But sometimes things don't go our way. And so what is our immediate reaction? Well, again, I don't know about you. For me, it's to go, didn't I pray for my finances, God? Well, if you're not going to answer my prayer, then I will take that prayer back. 
I think I'm done praying for those finances because it's not working anyway. Well, God, I read that scripture about, you know, you supplying all my needs, but it doesn't seem to be happening. My needs are still there, so sorry, God. I'm going to have to do this my way. I'm going to have to figure out this box on my own. I am going to get another job. I'm going to, I don't know, save more money. I'm going to invest in Bitcoin because that's a smart thing to do. And, and so we're, we're trying to do all these things to go, I am going to make this work. I'm going to take the God and Jesus part out because that does not seem like it's working. And we end up with the same mess that we started with. So many needs, so many expectations, so many responsibilities, so many dreams and goals, undone. Supposed to come together to make my life happy and make my life successful, to have great gain in my life, and none of that is happening. So what do we do? So I'm going to give you two reasons why we end up here real quick. Number one, that I have to really give the disclaimer again, is that God is 100% faithful, his word is 100% reliable and true, and his promises never fail, right? That is an established fact. We're not touching that. But do you realize that God's promises and his faithfulness depend entirely on what he is actually promising? Let's say you go to God and you say, God, I need a new job. I need a raise in my job. I need a promotion in my job. Now, again, you should pray for that. You should ask for that. God can answer prayers, right? He answers prayers. So I'm not saying do not, you should ask for his favor, ask for his provision, ask for open doors, ask for a new job specifically, ask for a promotion. I'm not saying we shouldn't. But, but what happens is this. We should pray for every need, any need, big or small. God loves you. He wants to answer your prayers. But here's the thing, right? Okay, again, Philippians 4, 6, it says that we present all our needs to God. We present everything to him. So it's not any specific thing. So make all your requests known. So I'm not saying don't pray to God. Please get that part or I will actually get fired. <laughs> okay, so we are, we are talking about, yes, we pray. Yes, we believe everything that God can do, Right? But if you pray and you ask God for a raise or a promotion and you get fired instead, God has not failed. Hear me? God has not failed. That is not a sign that God is unreliable or that God cannot fulfill his promises, that things are too powerful for him. That is not, that, that is not saying that God doesn't exist. That is not proof that, that we can't trust or rely on God, Right? Because God never promises in his word that you will get a job promotion. What God does promise in his word is that he will supply all your needs, that he will pour out his favor on you, it will surround you like a shield, that he will guide you, that he will lead you, that he has good things in store for you, he has works prepared in advance for you to do. All those things are promised in his word. So you can claim any of those promises, but that doesn't mean you're getting a job promotion. Because what, what, what does that mean? A job promotion is, I really hope I get a better role and get more money. God's promise is bigger and better than any job promotion. Okay, you'll clap for this bit. Sometimes God answers our narrow-minded prayer with a big-picture answer. 
Yeah? Sometimes God answers our narrow-minded prayer, job promotion, a bit more money, with a big picture answer. No, 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 I'm going to supply all your needs. No, 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 I'm not going to give you a promotion. I want you to own a company. Not because you just need more money so that you can have more things or have more holidays, but so that you can finance the kingdom into all the parts of the world. Like, like God has a bigger answer than our narrow-minded prayer. And so God is faithful to what he's promising. God faith is faithful to his word, not our word. He's faithful to his word. So even when we say, God, I just need this job, it's like, no, you don't just need a job. You need me to supply all your needs. You need me to open doors of opportunity, of influence and impact that go beyond just working a better job. See, sometimes we, we, we have this mentality and where it's like, my life can only come together one way. It has to go according to the plan I want. I have an exact picture of what these boxes should look like according to how I planned it out, to my 10-year plan. And if it doesn't go that way, then what, you know, my life's over. But the truth is, is that God has a bigger plan for your life. That God doesn't have to follow your plan because his plan is better. He has a higher way. His thoughts are higher than your thoughts. And so he has, he, he has a better picture for your life. You know, I think sometimes, okay, not we, I, I, I'll just, you know, me. I think sometimes I try to blackmail God with his word. Anyone ever done that? It's like, God, you promised Philippians 4.19. It says, God, you supply all my needs according to the riches of glory in Christ Jesus. Well, God, I really need a new Porsche. <laughs> you supply all my needs, and I need one. You know? Your word says it, so, you know. And, and it's like, like I'll treat the, the Bible like magic words, right? It's, it's like a mystic book, and if only I quote this scripture, he has to do what I say, rub the lamp and three wishes, right? It, it's, like, it's like I'll treat, I'll treat God like, but didn't your word say that that's what I had to do? Didn't your word say that this is the, the thing? And it's like, I try and blackmail God because it's what I want. It's because, you know, it's like, this is the thing that makes me happy. This is the thing that fills my box. And so, you know, I'm going to quote more scripture. I'm going to say, yes, Jesus, come on, you know, do that thing. And so, so it's like, come on, I'm going to quote it. I'm going to read it. And, and we have this, this picture where it's like, God has to do what I say. <laughs> But what does God really promise? Because the more that we read scripture, it's, it, it's actually not about me figuring out how to get God to do what I want. It's about me figuring out how to do more of what God wants. See, life is not about abundance of possessions. Life is not about, man, I hope God comes through in this part of my life. I hope God does this. I hope God fills this box. I hope God fixes this situation. God wants to do more for us, not less. God wants to do beyond what we're asking, not, not just meet your expectation. He wants to go above your expectation. But it's his way, not our way. It's not, it's not us saying, God, I pray for a million dollars and go, secretly, God is going to give me 10 million. It, it's not that. It's saying, of course, you should present your needs. Of course, you can ask God for what you need and what you want. God wants to give, you know, there's nothing wrong with, with presenting all your requests. So it's not that. But God is saying, I want to do more for you, not less. And what Pastor Sarah said this morning is absolutely true, is that how big is our prayer? Because if our prayer is simply, I need a promotion, God's saying, no, I'm not going to give you a promotion because I want you to own a company. How big is our prayer? 
We say, God, please fix this relationship, make everything better. And he's like, no, 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 no. Because I want you to grow in character so that you can help others fix their relationships, not just your relationship. I say, God, come on, you know, I want to I want to have influence and I want, I want to have publicity. And God's like, no, no, I want you to learn responsibility so that you can handle the weight of being famous or having a platform. See, God always wants to give us more. So that's that's first reason. The second reason is, is this. This is the wrong perspective of life, right? This is like, God, I need you to answer my prayers in different areas to make my life work. It's like, come on, God, you know, I I need you to answer this prayer. I need you to to do what I'm asking you to do. And it's like, if you would just fix this box, fix this box, and maybe I need a bit more prayer in this box. And so, you know, come on, God, fix this one. It's like, come on, God, you know, this one as well is not doing well. And, and you know, we're, we're like putting all these different things in all our different boxes. And we're like, okay, yes, yes, it's all good. It's all good. It's like, all right. And, and so we're putting, it's like, God, if you would just fix my boxes, then, then life is good. That's great gain. That's the, the way I, I want to live my life. That's what makes life perfect. Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. Jesus says this, he says, again, we're reading the same scripture we did before. He says, I tell you, do not worry about your life, verse 31. Do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? He says, for the pagans run after all these things. Your heavenly father knows that you need them. Now, verse 33, didn't read this before. It says this, but seek his kingdom, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. You know that God's promises often have conditions, right? It's that God will supply all your needs. God will give you, God will look after you. You don't have to worry. But there are conditions. And, and, and you know, it, it's not this automatic thing. God is not a genie in a bottle where it's like, I believe in Jesus now, answer my prayers. It's like, no, no, the, the, there are conditions and there are ways that we need to go about in our relationship with God. And so the condition of getting the more of God is to seek him first. Let me put it this way. When you put God first, you'll get God's more. When you put God first, you'll get God's more. And and putting God first is not about filling these boxes with Jesus. That is not putting God first. That 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 is Okay, I'll read another scripture, all right? Matthew chapter 16 verse 24. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. Whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will find it. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit, 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 forfeit their own soul? So Jesus is not advocating you abdicating responsibility. He's not saying you should sit back and go, oh, yeah, you know, God, you do what you want. I'll just sit back and do nothing. That's not what he's saying. But, but what we do is we go, I'm so worried about each area of my life. I'm going to include Jesus in all these different areas, right? And we go, okay, Jesus, yeah, I'm going to pray. It's like, you know why that's not putting God first? Because that's still us going, God, help me fix my life. It's like, this is still my life, but God, help me fix it. It's like, God, come on, do something here. Do something here. Do something here. And, and, and this is just going, God, I, I just want you to fix all these different areas of my life. And so when the scripture says those who, 
who seek to keep their life, save their life, will lose it. This is still trying to save your own life. You're just asking God to help you do it. Did you get that? Like, like this is still going, I just want to pray for this so that I can save my own life. Jesus, just help me save my own life. Help me save my life. But that's not what Jesus is talking about. He doesn't say try and save your own life. He says you've got to lose your life. It's okay. We're going to end well. Don't, don't, don't be sad. And so we invite God into these areas. We pray about it. We quote scripture. We talk to the right people. We do all the right things. But this is the thing. Jesus, Jesus flips it around. He says, you want, God, you, you want great gain? It's godliness. It's contentment. If you want to see all these things make sense in your life, you've got to seek God first. If you want to save your life, you've got to lose it. So he flips it around. And what Jesus does is he says, stop putting little lights into your boxes. I didn't think this through. (laughs) But let me, Jesus, shine on your life. And so when, when, when Jesus says, Matthew chapter 22, 37, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your strength, this is the first and greatest commandment. What he's saying is this, is that instead of you trying to figure all this out, love God with everything, everything. Not help, get God to help you in, in, in these little boxes. He's like, no, 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 take these lids off, right? Stop pretending that, that it's like, oh, this is my thing. This, no, 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 he's like, just give him all of it. Just give him all of it. See, this, this means I'm no longer saying, God, come into the little boxes of my life. I'm saying, God, take everything. It's not, God, please answer this prayer so that I can be happy and my box will be full. It's like, no, God, this is your box now. These aren't, these aren't my kids. These are your kids. <laughs> I just have them for a little while, but they're yours. These aren't my finances. I'm just a steward of what you've already given me. This, these aren't my relationships or my friends. or these, these are my opportunities to share your gospel. This isn't even my breath because every bre- everything that is breath is meant to praise the Lord. And so, so it's like every single second of our day, it's not about me trying to spend it to get influence and popularity and to get more Instagram followers. It's every breath is a gift from God. How can I use it to serve him? And so when we start talking about declaring scripture and prayer, it changes everything because I'm no longer declaring scripture going, God, you'll supply all my needs because I just need stuff. It's not, God, you'll supply all my needs because how else am I supposed to bless other people if you don't give me what I need to bless them with? God, I'm going to declare that that you have given me works in advance to do because it's not about me gaining popularity. It's about you having your way in my life to accomplish the purpose that you have for me on this earth. And so, so what happens is that is, is, is Jesus turns this whole thing around and he says, if you want to have great gain in your life, then we need to have godliness, which is surrendering everything to God. 
And that is where great gain happens because it's not about me trying to get Jesus to help. It's this is all God's. Every part of my life belongs to him. He has to have his way in every area of my life. And I can no longer hang on to this thing thinking, God, please help me. No, it's this is yours. Do what you want. Right? Hebrews chapter 3 verse 4 puts it like this. See, see the thing is that we sometimes think, man... If I can get all my ingredients right, I can make this thing work. But the truth is, God's the chef. We're the ingredient. It's not about me trying to put it together to make it work. It's like, God, no, you prepare me so that I can make your recipe work. Right, in, in, in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 4, it puts it like this in verse 6. It says, for every house is built by someone, but God is the builder of everything. Verse 6, the second part, it says, and we are his house. So in other words, if God is the builder of the house, it's like, let God build your life. Let God make this according to his will. Life isn't about accomplishing things, about filling these boxes. Life is about surrendering everything we have to Jesus so he can accomplish his plan. And when, when God has his way in our life, when God has his will done in our lives, what it means is that, is that there's no pressure. Because you know when you're trying to fix this, it's, it's all pressure on you. When we say, God, it's yours, pressure's on him. Apparently God's quite strong, so he can handle it. And, and so pressure's on God. He has to deal with it. You just have to keep surrendering. And so every scripture, every prayer is not about God fill my box. It's actually about me saying, God, no, help me to surrender it again. Help me to not put this lid and try and take it back. Instead, I'm like, no, my prayer is that, God, I don't want to take it back. Please take it again. We're living sacrifices, which means you don't just do this once. You do it again and again and again. You surrender and sacrifice again and again and again. As soon as you go, no, I need to take control of, of you know, my dreams and passions. No, 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 no. My prayer is, God, you would have your way. Your will be done. And so, so all our prayers and all our scriptures are about giving it back to God, letting God have his way again and again and again. I'm going to get the worship team up. See, when we put God first, when we surrender it all to God, he will look after everything else. So my question for you this morning is simply this. Will you surrender to God? Will you surrender to God? The parts that don't look great, the dreams that are too far gone, the passions and desires that God gave you, maybe when you were 15 at a youth camp, and, and it's like all of it has been encompassed by life, the needs, the urgency, the pressures of life. Will you surrender it all to Jesus this morning? Not just part of your life, but your whole life. Doesn't have to be perfect, doesn't have to be in any sort of certain condition. Jesus loves you exactly the way you are and he wants you to surrender your life exactly the way it is to him. Now here's the thing. You may have noticed this final box. We didn't open this box. We didn't pray about things in the box. We didn't quote scripture over this box. This box has been there this entire time, untouched. 
What this box represents is the one thing that you cannot let go of because we all have that one thing. And I don't know what this is for you, but maybe it's a sin, a secret sin, an addiction, something that you haven't told anybody about. Maybe it's a hurt, something that someone did to you a long time ago, you're bitter, you're angry, you're frustrated, and you just can't seem to forgive them. You can't even pray about it because it it offends you so much. Maybe it's an area of your life that you feel like God has disappointed you in. Is that you presented it to God. You prayed, you quoted scripture, you did all these things and you feel like, God, you didn't answer my prayer. And so you closed the box and you said, God, you cannot touch this anymore. Is that, God, no, this is mine because you hurt me. You didn't do what I said. And so close, you can't have this. Or maybe it's something in your life that you're scared to trust God with. Something going on, something happened, something, I don't know, maybe it's just in your, in your mind, whatever it is in your heart. It's like something happened and you're like, I, I don't know, God, I, it, it's too painful, it's too raw. If I give this to you, what if you don't answer? What if it doesn't go the way I want? What if it's not? What if it's this one? And, and, and it's like this one thing that you go, God, I don't know what to do about it. It's like, no, I, I can't because it's too difficult and I don't know if I can trust you. So we take this box and we say, no, God, you, you cannot have this. Everything else you can have, but you can't have this. I want to encourage you this morning. It's time to surrender this box to God. Keeping it hidden and in the dark, it's not going to do you or your future any good. It's time to give this box to God. All this other stuff, if you give, Psalm chapter 51 verse 17 says this, the sacrifice you in the NLT, the sacrifice you God, the sacrifice that you desire is a broken spirit. You will not reject a broken and repentant heart, oh God. Do you know that God takes care of broken things? And this box, if it represents nothing else, is just the broken things in our life, the things that are so broken, so painful that we can't surrender it. And, and, and the scripture says, God, God is not gonna reject your box. God is not gonna say, no, I can't deal with that. Take that away, it's too much, it's too dark, it's too, he's not gonna take this and, and reject it or step, so many were scared, oh God, we're scared he's gonna do something. But, but the scripture says, no, no, no. He takes care of the brokenhearted. He's gonna look after your box Psalm 50, uh, sorry, in, in Isaiah chapter 61, verse 1 and 2, you know, when Jesus comes to the earth, he quotes the scripture because he says, this is why I'm here. And it says this, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me for the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He sent me to comfort the brokenhearted, proclaim cap- that the captives would be released, prisoners will be freed. Verse two, he sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor has come and with it the day of God's anger against their enemies to all who mourn in Israel, he will give a crown of beauty for ashes, a joyous blessing instead of mourning festive praise instead of despair and in their righteousness there will be great oaks that the Lord has planted for his own glory what Jesus is saying what God, he describes himself and he says if I came for anything it's for this box if you give God this box 
this is easy. But He wants your box of broken things because He wants to take your mourning and turn it into dancing. He wants to take the ashes and turn it into beauty. He wants to take the hurt and the pain and turn it into something glorious because the Scripture says, it says, in their righteousness there will be like great oaks that the Lord has planted for His own glory. What we do with this box is we say, it's too dark, it has to be hidden, no one can see it, I have to keep it away. But God says, no, no, no. If you would give me your box, it will turn into a great tree on display for all to see. And it says that the Lord is planted for His own glory. God wants to take your box and He says, if you, if you would give it to Him, surrender it to Him, all the broken things, He will allow it to display to everyone around a massive oak tree, not hidden, not in the dark, but in the bright, open view of everybody so that it would display His glory. Would you surrender your box to Him this morning? And just put it in the light of all Jesus is so that He can heal you restore you, change you, and so that together your life would have great gain. Let's stand. I really believe this morning that the most important thing we can do is to surrender our lives to Jesus. And there are two, two different types of people who need to do that. One is you've never surrendered your life to Jesus. Is that Jesus is, is this person you may have heard about, you may have stumbled across the church. The church, someone invited you, you, you found us online. Whatever it is that, is that you, you don't know who Jesus is. That's okay, Jesus loves you exactly the way you are. And he wants you to surrender your life to him. The other group of people is simply this. Maybe you've opened all your boxes except one. Maybe you still have that one thing that you're hanging on to. That one area of your life that's still secret, that's still hidden, that God is just crying out to say, I've come for that one thing. I wanna, I wanna light up that one area of your life. I, wanna, I don't want you to, to, to hide it and, and keep it. He, he, wants to, he wants to touch you in that one area. I wanna encourage you to surrender to him this morning as well.